welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. What's good? It is a wonderful day to be back with you on the Value Adds Value podcast. I'm at a little bit of a loss for words to say what I'm about to say, but this is episode 300. This is our 300th episode um, since we started the podcast in 2016, um, something we're super proud of. And uh, we are excited to share it with you. I am joined as always, by my guy, Wilkie V. Law III. Will, what's happening? What up, man? Super excited, man. Over here, it's feeling like Sparta, like I'm Leonidas. We're we're the 300, and we're leading the charge. You know, that's it. I'm excited, just like you are. You know, we were trying to talk before, and everything kind of all rose in our conversation, kept leading to this episode. And I think we're both just super excited about not only what it means to us, you know, but what it means to the people who, to our listeners, to to those who who are, who are taking the time out of their busy schedule to say, there's something over here that I want to be a part of that conversation, and so that just to use the uh, to use the sports metaphors too. I think about you know for major league pitchers, like the true mark of a great pitcher, one of them is 300 wins. And, you know, and then I wrote down 300, 300, a 300 in bowling or a 300 baseball average because, you know, mm. the sports, the sports metaphors are the ones that come the easiest to me. But we are, we are here. It is early 2021. Um, so, I mean, really going on five years of consistently doing the podcast, um, ups and downs, but we just really wanted to share um, I think the theme of this is the story of how we got to this point and also the bigger piece. And Will, you were just saying this, and this is kind of where we started is, um, could you ever anticipated when we started it, not that it would turn into some behemoth of people listening, but could you have ever imagined how much we would have gotten out of it? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I go back, um, and and reflect, and it's funny that this is happening happening right now because just yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk with Coach Presley and Coach Poindexter from Stelic. And and me and Miss Valentini had a conversation with them just to kind of just to kind of you know clear the air. hadn't talked in a while. Just we were her name came up while we were talking, and I was like, let's call her. And so. Um, and it made me go back to when we started this in those classrooms in that courtyard in the sixth grade. And when you first approached me and said, hey man, I think we should, can, you know, do you want to start a podcast? I don't remember exactly how you phrased it. You tried to tell me what a podcast was and then you tried to sell me on starting a podcast. And, um, and I remember thinking like, man, what, like, I don't really know about a podcast. Then I start thinking about ET, 
you know, of course we, you know, I, I've, I've always listened to E.T. And it was kind of like at the exact same time that he was doing the Secrets to Success, you know, the Lewis Howes was going on. <clears throat> and there were a lot of, there was a lot of content out there that you can kind of grab a hold to to get an idea of what it is. Um, and I would have never thought that when you asked that question and I said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it that it would have led for us to travel the world together, to meet some amazing teachers, to, to glean and to you know, pay homage to some teachers who are <clears throat> trailblazers and know that we've had an opportunity to, to, to amplify their voice for the world and hopefully to inspire the next generation of teachers or uh, inspire teachers who are already in the, in the field you know, to, to wanna add something new to do something. So no, I would not have thought that it would have gotten here. Yeah, you know, and that's really the thing that I couldn't have anticipated. You know, we were, we had been really trying to build Lighthouse Educator Development for about a year. We had done a few presentations and I think I was the first one to really start listening to podcasts like Lewis Howes. Um, and, you know, now over the last five years, I don't, I think podcasts have just really blown up as a medium. And um, the thing about the podcast front is that it makes information so much more accessible to people. Like, you know, you could literally right now find a podcast on almost anything. If you wanted to start your own bee colony, uh, you could find a beekeeper podcast. Mm-hmm. Or if you were looking to restore antique furniture, you could find you could find that. So that the the platform of the podcast itself has kind of mirrored, you know, what YouTube and what they have done, which has made information more readily available available to people for free. Mm-hmm. And and as you're looking at that, you know, you're sitting here saying, well, yeah, I can buy a book you know, buy a book and I can do those things and you still have that opportunity. But that podcast really became this another place like YouTube where you could learn for free. And and it kind of was around the same time that teachers were starting to get YouTube famous Mm -hmm. and they were building brands and platforms. But for me, it just really became, it, it really was an arm to, to try to let people know what we were doing with lighthouse educator development. Um, you know, the funniest thing, I, thinking about the start of the podcast, it takes me back to where my mind was at that time and and how I thought that we were just going to explode and how I thought that we had all all these different things. And I assumed that people just wanted to hear our story because it was so good. And I still 100% believe that. I believe that we have a story that is unique. I believe we have an experience that is unique. And we will continue to share that part. But I just think about how naive I was and and in thinking that, you know, we could build a podcast that was going to be just huge from Jump Street. But like you always have said, you know, we, we've grown organically and we've had really good years. We've had down years. Um, and over that five-year period, we've really grown in our consistency and i think getting to the 300 episode mark i think is a sign of our consistency which i'm proud of above 
any of the numbers or anything else because even if no one ever listens to our podcast I know how valuable it is or and it has been to have spent the time in those conversations you know it's funny yesterday as uh, we were talking earlier I told you that the Young Minds 101 podcast you know shameless plug for my students podcast coming up um we recorded our first episode yesterday. And in one of the test interviews, I asked one of the students, um, why did they wanna be a host for the podcast? Why did they choose to be a host? Like they didn't choose to work in, working on media and you know marketing. They didn't choose to work on content. They wanted to be a host. I said, why did you choose to be a host? She said, because I like talking to people and learning. And, and I say, you know, it's amazing that you say that because I think that every single time that I interview someone, that every time I interview a guest on a podcast, it's an opportunity for me to learn. And and I share, you know, part of our story with her. And, and I think that that is one of the things that I did not expect as much from the podcast as to how much I learned from each person that we've interviewed, like each individual teacher we've interviewed had a special special essence that we would have never known about, you know, that the world would have never known about. Um, Our listeners would have probably never known about. And we've given them that platform to tell their story. And I think that that's, you learn so much from stories. You learn so much. Our whole life, we're told stories to believe things that we believe. And that's powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. And I and I just think back to myself for my own experience. I remember, you know, the start of 2016, where I was at in my personal life. I, I feel like that was a time where after I had... Um, started working with you in 20 in the fall of 2013 Mm -hmm. I was at a really really down place um I had just been not necessarily I you can't say fire because in a district like Aldean if a teacher or if a principal wants you to go somewhere you have the opportunity to transfer so you're you're a district employee versus I'm an employee of whatever such and such school I was at but I remember I was just so down. I had, you know, I was 30 years old. I had been in Houston teaching the only thing I'd ever wanted to do with my life, really. And then, you know, to be told that I was not wanted as an educator, it really shook me. Like, it shook me bad. And I've talked on here many times that it was a rough first couple years um, at Stellick. And the more I think about it and, you know, like you seeing Omarion recently and me, you know, we saw last year would would have been the fall of 20, 2019. We were at TC, TCCA and we saw Myra and a bunch of those other kids that we had had. And it was that moment where I looked back and I was like, yeah, it was rough. I th- but I think looking back, I can say that I was still a good teacher. I just had some rough moments. It wasn't all as bad as 
at times I've remembered it being. There were some really great things that I did. There were some really great moments. I just wasn't, my down moments were just a lot more down than they are now. I still have down moments. I still have moments where I don't behave in a manner that I'm impressed with, but I can't help but think of over the last five years, how I've developed as a person and as a teacher by listening to the stories of others being poured into, I mean, cause we record an episode and then sometime, so I hear it when we, when we're talking through it and then I go back through it to edit it. So I've listened to, I've been in these conversations at least twice with every single one. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, it puts you in a perspective to be more prepared. Like in this time, this year, when it's been so uncertain, And I talked about this in a few episodes ago, like I can hear the voices of the people we've had on here and especially the people we built relationships with. And, and I've, I felt like I was more prepared. Like I was in a better mental state. I feel like I'm more skilled as a teacher. I feel like I have better perspective is the one thing. Cause I think when you're having these conversations, with so many people from different backgrounds, it can't help but add to the perspective that you have. But, that, and that, but that's the beauty of relationships. Yeah. That's the beauty of relationships. And think about it. When you came into Stelly, you're saying you're at your lowest point. When you came, when you came to Stelly, I was at my, I was riding my highest point because I had just gotten married. You know what I mean? My wife and I, you know, that I've known, you know, been my best friend for, 25 years, you know what I'm saying? I had made her my wife then. So I had finally kind of got my niche with teaching my kids. <clears throat> and it was that book, um, James Allen, As a Man Thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I-, I can't forget the, the impact that, I think it's the combination of that book and The Alchemist. Because those kind of two books came into my 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 space kind of like almost at the same time. First, as a man, think it, then the alchemist. Um, and so when I started <clears throat> putting my chosen career path into the formulas that's presented there, and started seeing the journey it kind of changed from, oh, I'm just going here to teach some kids to say that I'm going in here to have these interactions, these engagements with with souls because they're kids right now, but they're gonna be adults soon. You know, they're, they're kids right now, but we know that if they keep waking up, they're going to reach adulthood and they're gonna be living souls adult, you know, that will go out into the world and do great things. And to know that you have a hand in that, you know, it, it, it enhances your reach every time you reach a child and that child goes out and, and does great things. And so that's the space I was in when I met you. And, you know, and so when, for us to start having the conversation that we started having and again, big shout out to, to, to Miss Van, 
Christy Van Wassenhove for, um, and, I, and I'm gonna say making the introduction kind of worth it. Like, like it, it was like, she spoke it, she spoke it up. And when we met, it was kind of like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, you do know me. Clearly you know something that about me that, mm -hmm. you know, but um, well, those comments, go ahead. And, and on that point with Christy and the way that shook out, my first year, she taught right next to me. So I really, it wasn't like she was just, she was a friend, mm -hmm. like a close, close friend. And when I was looking to transfer, I often think, cause I had, had I waited, had I waited for another opportunity, I might not have taken the sixth grade position at Stellick. I might've waited for another middle school opportunity, or I would have waited for a high school opportunity because the way the transfer portal works in Aldine is, you know, you can, you can, someone can request you to transfer, but I wouldn't have to necessarily, I wouldn't have had to take the transfer to Stella because it was my first opportunity. But in the position I was in just feeling like I've got to, I've got to make sure I get out of here. And I was like, I will go with someone that I know. I, I will go with a friend that I know that I can trust and has my best interest. And I remember when she called me, she's like, hey, I, I, I'm going to request you. I want to put you on this team with, with a guy that I think you'd be good with. And even before I took the job, she said, I, I think I have a team that's good for you. And, and in my mind, if we're going a little bit off script, like, I wonder how awesome it would have been if that team of me and you and Gabby could have stuck together. How much, how, how much different that experience at Stellick would have been and whether or not, you know, I would have taken that last year before I moved home off had, had that team stayed together or even, or even the team of me and you and, and Lindsay, mm -hmm. like I loved that team too. Or frankly, even even if and like this is this is way off tangent, but like you made the choice to go to skill specialist. Mm -hmm. Had you stayed in that courtyard, I probably never would have. I never, I I probably never would have left or needed to take that year because. Yeah, that those, was rough. That, that, I remember that year that, after that team. That <sighs> team, my last year at Stellick that I was in was horrible. Yeah, it was it was a rough spot, I, and you I, know, but I think that's the beauty of what we do as educators, and I think everybody should be a lot more conscious of um, their experience with that, because even though there are you have those years where, I mean, because we don't again we don't get to pick our teammates. It's not the playground rules. You know, we're not we're not James Harden. We can force our way onto a team that we want to be. In. Right. Um, but. If you would just look at those situations and learn from it. If you can look at, you know, even my kids did a, a, one of their segments, they were reflecting on 2020. <clears throat> and one of the kids said, I learned that you just you just got to be ready for the unexpected. You gotta be adaptable. I was like, because <laughs> I asked the question, what did you learn from 2020? What le what's, what's one lesson you learned from 2020? And man, it was like, 
And so I think that if we learn to learn the lessons, even in good and bad situations, it, it makes every situation so much better. It makes every situation, it makes every interaction that much better. And um, again, man, um, it, it, yeah, it, it was huge. Go ahead. And, and I think with that too, to tell my story just a little bit more during that time, even so when I first came to Stellic with you, I kind of felt like I was on an island. Like I had just gotten to a point where I was just by myself, you know, then you and I developed that rapport. We had that team, we were rocking and rolling and then you moved and then Lindsay moved. And then I don't remember what happened, but, but Labra moved. So like all the people that I normally taught with, with the exception of Dunham and Davis were gone. And it was just like this situation where it progressively got worse and worse. And like the other people that were on my team were insulting my teaching, like two other colleagues and they were you know, they would come into my room and ask, they would start complaining and I would ask them, you know, what, what do you want to do to, to try to solve it? You know, what can we work on? And they would just, they would just leave. They just stopped coming in my room because neither one of them wanted a solution. They just wanted to complain. One of the, they were both very academic people. They had come from backgrounds where being the smartest person in the room was the thing. They didn't need to interact with a 12-year-old kid. That wasn't on their list of things they wanted to do. But as we built the podcast off of that year, because I had another rough year two years later, I had a rough year. But I think I handled the rough year two years later when I was back in Wisconsin so much better because I had such a such a big network of people around me and I had such a different perspective that I could say yeah my situation sucks but I am by no means the only person that's gone through this situation I am by no means the only person that has experienced a an administration that decides that you don't fit their program or you know caddy teachers that decide they don't want you around and i think but again it goes back to every interaction teaches you something mm -hmm. and i think that when you get to you know i always say it's being a conscious observer um because you know we observe a lot of things but most of the time we we the things that we we kind of just give some things a cursory glance that that we really should kind of dial in on and not dial in on at least file it. Don't just overlook it, file it. Because even in every non-response, you know, non-active, there's a communication in there. And if you try to figure out to dial in on the communication, now I'm not just observing what's happening, I'm trying to find out and I'm trying to um, make sense of it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that when you do that as a teacher, every single time you walk into your classroom, every single year that you start a new year, every single uh, colleague that changes and switches, you just continue to keep trying to be observant of the situation and be the best for that situation, bar none. Well, and and I think, you know, I love that analogy because, and I don't know why, and maybe it's just because if we're, if you're watching the video, I've got my Packers hat on. Tomorrow the Packers are playing to go to the Super Bowl. But when when you show me something like that, I think of a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers playing the quarterback in their mid-30s to their 40s. And they maybe are not as athletically gifted as they once were, but they've got such a Rolodex of the game. There, there is very rarely a situation that a defense can throw at them that they've not seen before. And they filed it away and they file everything away. And I think it just comes back to our podcast has almost been an added layer of experience. And a layer of experience that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Yes, we we could listen to other teaching podcasts, and there are unbelievable ones out there. Mm-hmm. And I do listen to them. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Like Jay and Pav, and and uh, I can't and and um um oh my god, Empower, Empowered Teaching Project, Empowered Teaching, and mm-hmm. uh, Ray Hewitt and Jeff. Um, over at Teach Better, like there's incredible ones, but there's something to be said when you get to ask the questions that you want to ask. You know, one thing that, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, if you have this thought like, oh man, this is a follow-up question that I'd love to ask. If I'm listening to someone's podcast, I don't get to ask the follow-up. In this situation, we do. We get to ask those follow-up questions. And it's unbelievable because it adds a, you know, and we, we've loved having new teachers. We loved having veteran teachers. We've been moving away from not just having teachers, but having principals. And like, when you bring the perspective of someone like Principal Kefele, when you have the opportunity to interview someone like him, who has literally seen just about everything that you possibly could see, or, or Miss Lisa from Teacher Heart Out. it adds a layer of perspective because they're telling me about situations that I maybe haven't encountered yet. But if, when I do encounter that situation, I can look back and I can say, Oh, principal Ra told me about this. And I remember that podcast with, with uh, Lauren and Heather, and they were talking about big emotions and, you know, it, it could be, anything really that we've learned and we've heard and and i just think even just as as of recently opening my mind up to the data that's out there about whether we should open schools and if we should open schools how much should they be open we are taking a quick break from the podcast to ask a small favor If you are a teacher in the first five years of your career and would be willing to talk with us about your experience, 
what you've learned, the lessons you've gained, and and how you've grown over that time, we would love to hear from you and have you on the podcast. So if you are interested in doing that, please reach out. Uh, you can email me, Kyle, at the ledproject.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at value adds value. We want to talk to teachers early in the career because that's the direction we want to take our podcast is to really focus on helping those teachers new to the profession find success and stay in the classroom. So if you're willing to do that, please hit us up. We would love to have a conversation with you. Now, back to the show. You just, you can't ever, you can't ever replicate perspective and, and, I think reading about it is one way, but, and, and for the longest time, that was the way that you gained perspective is by reading books. But now mm -hmm. we have this new platform that allows us to gain perspective. And I, and I hear in my head, you saying the one with the most experiences win. So we may not have had all of these experiences, but we're hearing the experience directly from the people who had it. Mm -hmm. And and I can't begin to talk about the impact that that has had on me going forward. And I mean, I would be remiss if I wouldn't say like the amount of time that we've spent together, the amount of conversations that we've had and, you know, how many off off air conversations have we had that we wish we would have recorded, but it, it put us in and and one thing I'll say too, one thing I've struggled with is reflection. You know, really being a reflective practitioner. I'm I'm working on doing the journaling part. But if I looked back to episode one, I could, and I listened from episode one to three hundred, I could see the change in myself. I I could hear myself reflecting on the experiences that I've had, mm -hmm. and and I think that is something that has been invaluable to me to prepare me for this next, as, as your kid said, to be adaptive. But that's that mentoring experience. And that's what podcasts, and that's what we hope our podcasts become for people, is an opportunity to, to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who, who are rock starring it. Uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do. And, um, but nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's, no one's, you know, there's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. Um, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could live stream my classroom and, 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 and put it out there. Um, I think that would be an amazing experience. You know, it's, it's, teaching is so messy that it has to be, you, you know, if you, I've spun, spun clay before. And so it's a messy situation, but then it starts getting refined. And, and, and that's kind of how teachers, teachers are because you know, I was, we were talking before about, you know, when you, when you deal with students who 
or choosing to be just that student. Um, how do you handle that? And you may have never experienced it. And then you may listen to it on a podcast. And then all of a sudden you experience it. And it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, nah, I can't do that. But it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do. You know, and I think that that's what, that's mentoring. And, you know, and, and for me, and we've talked at length about this, but you saw this. It was when we started working together, it was how I handled situations that didn't go according to plan. That was when I was, if things were going smooth and things were going the way that I thought they should, I was doing great. But as soon as, and it reminds me of someone who I might be married to, where if you're following the recipe in the kitchen, like as soon as something doesn't go right, you might as well just stop because it isn't going according to the plan. <clears throat> and at that time, my perspective was so limited that I could only see the t what was right in front of the tip of my nose, which was my own <sighs> view of how this situation would have gone. And it truly is. And even back to when I first started in Houston, like it truly is the regret of my life that the number of situations where a kid just wanted someone to see them and to acknowledge them. And I missed that chance. It, it, it pains me to know that that happened. And I know that there's nothing I can really go back and do about it now, but it's what drives me to do what I do today. It drives me to take advantage of those opportunities and it also drives me to be the person that when I don't take advantage of that opportunity, I make it right that I didn't. I acknowledge the fact like, hey, you know, and I had a situation like this that would have been identical to what you would have. A kid last year tells me, you know, Mr. K, you probably could have handled that better. Thinking he was going to poke me a little bit. I was like, you know what, man, you're right. I didn't handle that as well as I could. And I acknowledge it in front of the whole class the next day. And the kid was like four because he expected me to be high and mighty. But that perspective and, and the perspective we've gained from this podcast, I mean, I really, without having the relationship we have with Gary Gray Jr., I still don't know if I would be, I, I shouldn't even say, I know I would not be as educated on race and social justice as I am now because I had the relationship with him and, and the relationship with you to where I wanted to know more about the situation. And, and I think that is a huge part of what this podcast is. And it, and it makes me think back to the start of, Lighthouse Educator Development, and that's something we don't ever talk about enough on the podcast, um, is the development. I mean, because really, our nonprofit, Lighthouse Educator Development, we started with the idea that we were going to create a mentoring program that was everything that new teachers weren't getting. And we've steadily still been working on it for the last five years. I don't know. How many times has it changed? 
six or seven or eight different times it's it's gone it's gone for through a program overhaul and it's still something that that we believe in that we want to do but that's really where we started from and to to think about the podcast as a mentoring program is something that i think is really good well you know i think about when we did the um the presentation we we created um podcast as um as projects no podcast as professional development yeah there you go how to not only you know document what you're learning from it but also how to reflect on what, what what did you encounter in your class or how did you implement that in your classroom or how did that inform your teaching when you think of it in those terms, that's what it is. You know, that's mentoring. Now, not everyone's gonna be that super analytic, analytic you know, and that's why we created the idea, the, the presentation that we created. That's why we created that idea, that concept, um, is to help guide that path of this is what you need, this is how you put it together. Um, because again, I think part of that learning same thing we say as teachers for students, that learning has to become personalized uh, for the students to really truly engage with it. Well, for teachers, your learning, your professional development has to be personalized in order for you to truly get what it's but what get out of it what you're trying what you're supposed to get. And um, and I think that that's what podcasts give you the opportunity to do because there's so many out there. And there's so many for every type of teacher type. If you're if you're struggling with classroom design, you know you can go on YouTube and search out people who talk about classroom design. You know, you if you if it's dealing with um, a specific uh, population, there are people who are talking about working with specific populations. And so you can literally, you know, make yourself a better educator, a better person. Because again, like I say, if it informs my education then that really means that it informs my personal life. Because I don't stop being a teacher because I'm not at a school. You know what I mean? Once I get home, I'm still Mr. Law. You know what I mean? Like that's still who I am. And so I think that when you personalize your craft, you know, then it becomes actually what you are and who you are. And, you know, if I go to a, a carpenter's house and he doesn't have a woodshed, you know, he doesn't have a shed, a, a, a work area, then I question your, 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 your love for your craft. You know, you're going, you're going to steal some space somewhere to put your table saw. You know, you're, you're going to steal away somewhere to do something if that's what you truly love to do. You know, I'm a musician. So, of course, you come into my home, there, yeah, I have instruments. You know, because that's what I love. You know what I mean? I'm a teacher, so I have books everywhere. You know, I have videos on this. And I think that the more we get into other people's lives who are in this field, it helps to build a sense of unity and a sense of there's somebody just like me all the way in Maine. There's a teacher 
on Sunday who's doing the exact same thing I'm doing. Matter of fact, there's about 3 million of us, you know, across this country who are doing the exact same thing and thinking the exact same thing at this very moment. This picture is bigger than me. And I think the podcast gives you an opportunity to pull people in because that's why I think our podcast shifted from when, when we started inviting guests because when it was just our conversations, it was, we were talking about the books we were reading, which was great. You know, we were talking about the experiences we were having, which was great. But then when we started inviting other people in, I think now having that shared learning experience with them is what shifted our, like that to me, that that, that put it into a different, we started, like they say, cooking with hot grease at that point. Well, and I think back to, you know, a long time ago, we started talking about how every teacher's experience is unique but it's also universal the the experience that you go through with a kid might not be it, it's not it, it will never be exactly the same as an experience that i've had but i have had an experience that is directly adjacent to the experience that you've had and it makes me think of, you know, when we were talking with Steph last week, how, how right now it feels like we're not on the same team. That we really have, maybe not that we've forgotten or that we've never just really had the realization, hey, we're all on the same team. It, it, it makes me want to, want to go back to that uh that three-quarter sleeve baseball t-shirt and i'd have to go way back into our t-shirt merch annals to try to find the the shirt that we talked about um that i think the i think the logo i wanted it to say same team mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um just just feeling that way of hey we're on the same team and yeah we can and then it and and this is what like the podcast does. Then it brings me to, you know, Gary Gray Jr. saying, I can love my country and still call out the issues. So we can love our teammates in the teaching profession in our in our country especially, but we can still call out where there's inequity. We can mm -hmm. still have discussions, but it, you know, of teachers in the private sector, in the public sector, in the charter sector, in the virtual sector, and we can disagree about what we think is right. That doesn't mean that we aren't on the same team. And, and that's really what I think that's how I felt. And being that I grew up playing team sports, I feel like the team that we're on, which we could say is the 200-ish people that we've interviewed and all of the people we've met adjacent to those people reminds me of the Drake song we're on a really big team and we want some really big rings you know to, to be on a team where good lord willing in October teach your heart out Minneapolis will happen and I'll be able to hug Eric and I'll be able to hug Casey Bethel and Lindsay and Chelsea and Matt will be there and Tasha will be there and, and Jody and Chuck Sykes will be spinning beats. 
and that's family. And, and even just, even to just think about that particular set of relationships. I never, I never would have gone on a cruise without them. I don't, I don't think I ever would have been in that situation to have had that experience. Hey, I can't look, look, I'm, look. Dude, <laughs> I woke up this morning, so I gotta give, I look, gotta give a big shout out. But I, but because... I look at, and I think the most impactful moment I've had in any of those was at Casey's aunt's school. We've gone to four or five. We love the parties. We love the sessions. But that opportunity to go to a school in the Bahamas and deliver those backpacks will be as special a moment. I mean, that is as special a professional development moment as you can get. Because what it does is it takes the talk out of it. It's, it's, we're not just here talking about wanting to make education better. We're, we're putting boots on the ground. Yeah. And I think that changed um, that relationship with Teach Your Heart Out. Our relationship with Teach Your Heart Out, man, is probably one of the most special relationships because it includes so many people. Yeah. And so many experiences that came from it. Um, and I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, and, and the, man, just thinking about the people that you meet out of that group, like each one of them individually is a gift. All of them together, man, it's like your Christmas wish list come true as far as the differences in where they are in their educational track, you know, their beliefs. Not everybody has the exact same beliefs, but they have the exact same values. And I think that that's what's important. And, and it, it changes things when you get into a room full of people that you know have that y'all all have the same value. You all have the same value. There, there's a principle that drives each and every one of us. And that experience, man, like, yeah. It's, I mean, but it's that, to me, it's being around teachers and just not and and anyone who's an educator that still believes that this is the most important job on the planet. And mm -hmm. I think you could say 99% of the people we've had on this podcast and I would even go as far as say oh, everyone on this podcast has that core belief. They may not articulate it that way. But if you go to teach your heart out, if you're willing to come on our podcast and talk about your experience, you have that core tenant and that core belief that this is the most important profession on the planet. Mm -hmm. And we can, if that is your value, if, if that is how you value that job, we can work with you. And then value your, has value. And then, and then your belief over to that, we can talk about it because there is not, and, and talking about principle raw, this, the standardization of unstandardization. Making, making a system that is not the same and inequitable across the country, which we could objectively through data say is not working, has not worked, but we've standardized it and made it the model for what our education system should be. But to be able to just share that value, and it makes me want to ask this question to start the podcast from now on. 
why is this the most important job in the world? And it is a super loaded question. But that particular, if you share that value with us, that, that you value, that you think your, your profession really, really matters. Because you're not, you're not if, if you're Heather or Fiona or Lauren or Chelsea or JR or Barry White or Bethany who, or Juan, whoever you want to say, you're not spending all that extra time making videos, making content, doing sessions, doing all that stuff, if you don't think it's important. If you don't think this is the most important profession that exists in the entire world. And and sure, you can judge the fact that B. White was on the Today Show. Yeah, he was. That's awesome. It's unbelievable. JR won a BET award. You know, those people, you know, Bethany's got 400 billion trillion followers on Instagram. Like you can judge them and point to them and say, well, they're just edu celebrities. No, I've, I've met them. Right. And I can promise you that at their core and at their heart, they believe in this profession. Mm -hmm. Yep. 100%. And if you believe in this profession, if you're if you're if you're listening to two dopey dudes who started this podcast in my dining room with one microphone five years ago, you believe that. If you're taking the time to listen to what we're saying in our guests, you believe that this is the most important profession on the planet. And that I think that's where that's where professional that's where it matters that's where it matters if you know you're that teacher put yourself in places to where you can find that community of people and those community voices that can help you develop your craft um if you're a teacher that's just passing through hey stop and listen to you know maybe that's something we need to start doing making sure that we list out in our podcast what are some of the key points we talk about like not just the title, but like what what does this podcast include? Mm -hmm. So that the, so that maybe it could be like classroom, you know, classroom management, or student development, or peer mentoring, you know, whatever that focus is. Like putting those little focuses in there, yeah. so that people can come and directly get fed on what they need. Because at the end of the day, the only way we all are going to get better is if we're collectively getting better. That's why the field of medicine gets better because doctors come together and they talk about different things that are going on. They share secrets with each other. They, they build each other up and then they send each other off to start doing that same thing. You know, one open heart surgery turns into now open heart surgery happens almost every single day in this country. Where once it was just one doctor who discovered how to do it, he went and said, okay, now I'm going to show everybody how to do it. Because at the end of the day, we advance when we advance. Oh, that's good. We advance when we advance. And so I think that that's, that's like critical, man, for teachers to start talking to each other, to start listening to each other, to start, you know, jostling some of these tough decisions around with each other building up a good platform because 
when you think about it, if you're going into a debate with someone about a policy or you're going to have a conversation about what you believe, you want to make sure that you violate that thing around with a couple of other people before you do that. You know, that's just good debate skills. You, you got to throw those ideas around so you can see what reactions you get from certain things before you go out there and do it. And yeah. I think that whatever your cause and your movement is, you got to find that community. And the podcast community gives you that opportunity to, to get into somebody else's head for that moment. You know, it, it, yeah, it reminds me a couple of things, um, a couple of examples, you know, because uh, the Joe Rogan podcast is arguably the biggest podcast on the planet. You know, he just got $100 million to go exclusively on Spotify, and that's great. But Joe Rogan has built his podcast by having anyone and everyone with an opinion. You know, he is not a person that is afraid to bring someone on that's contrarian to what he believes because he believes everyone should have a point. And I think something that I need to do as kind of the director of this shindig is really look for people that maybe I don't agree with and people that are doing different things than what I'm doing to have that dialogue. Cause even, and, and doing it with the note with, with the belief in my heart that we're on the same team that we can have a dialogue about a topic that we disagree on, but we can at the end say, you know what? We're on the same team here. We want what's best. We, we want kids to be successful into the future. You know, whatever you would say to that. And it also reminds me what you were saying about preparing to understand the other side. It reminds me of, you know, Gary Vee always talks about the, the scene at the end of eight Mile where where rabbit goes up in the final battle and says everything that papa doc was going to say about him and then he hands him the mic and says now tell him something they don't already know about me you take the wind out the sails yeah you know and and like you said if, if you're making an argument for a particular thing you better darn well know what the rebuttal of the other side is going to be. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think I can accredit my this doctoral journey to me becoming more vigilant and even more seeking of the opposite. You know, I, I want to hear the opposing argument to what I believe. Um, you know, as we're talking about relationships, you know, I want to know those people who say they don't believe that relationship is the most important part of education. I want to hear those people because I want to know where, where they're thinking because that allows me to know where I need to where I need to feel the holes that that they're, they're going to try to poke out of mine. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, and yeah, and and with that, you know, like like I was just saying, like there are still teachers that we teach with that think their only job is to deliver as much content as they can with a fire hose. And it doesn't matter. And I was just looking back over what we were writing for believability. And we know we teach with teachers that say, I don't care what the kids think of me. It doesn't matter what they think of me. And, and how do we overcome, how do we overcome that? Because 
as a person who's been in those shoes, as a person who at times has said, I don't care what the kids think of me. I have a perspective on that that I could share with that person. But also, we never want to be a place where we diminish the experience of any educator. We, we will not do that. You know, here's so the thing. You know, in sports and football, they always say any given Sunday, mm-hmm. right? And I know Packers about to play. You don't want to hear this, but any given Sunday, it could be you or your opponent. It does not matter. Any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about teaching, it's any day of the week, Monday through Friday. Like literally any teacher can walk into a classroom that can be just like, I mean, you're going to take those L's. Everybody's going to have those experiences where it's like, man, I blew that one. You know, if it's, you know, I remember walking down a hall behind a kid because I wanted him to hear what I had to say. And I'm walking behind him while he's walking in front of me. And I'm just talking and just going and just going and just talking. And I'm just berating this kid, letting him know. Thinking about that now, I'm like, man, wow, that was dumb. <laughs> you know, that was real dumb. But again, any day. And when you know that that can be any day, it makes you fine tune yourself so you can build yourself up so you don't have those days. Because I still am that, that optimist that believe that no one on this planet wakes up saying today, I want to be mean, cantankerous. Uh, I want to I wanna avoid everybody. I, I, I just want to be the worst possible human being that I can be. I don't think anybody wakes up with that. Yeah. I believe that our situations and our either our ability to deal with the situations or our inability to deal, to deal with the situations creates that monster that we face and that we deal with. And so for me, I'm just going to believe that everybody wants to be good and everybody wants to be great. And the only way that you can do that is to put yourself in the company of people who are doing the same thing that you're doing so that you can learn from them so that you can grow and that's what our podcast has done for us. And it can do it for any teacher who listens to these, these great and amazing stories from these teachers who, who are kind of saying, this is where I believe I should be. I don't hit there every time. But when I don't, I do this. Or I'm there most of the time and I need to learn how to deal with it when I'm not there. You know, and it's like, you need all of those stories, all of those perspectives to help you because again, any given day. It just reminds me that story you're telling of how many times when when you finally started to learn that if you gave that kid a couple minutes, most of the time they'd be like, "Yo, yo, Mister Law, that's my bad. Like, I, I, I didn't." Or if even when you're even when you're asking a kid to step outside, if you just say, "Hey," and and it comes down to the start of the year when you say the expectation of like, Hey, like if you get spun up and if things are going sideways, I'm going to just ask you to step out and chill for a little bit. And then I'm going to give you some time out there and then I'm going to come talk to you versus get out of my room. You know what? And how you phrase that when you walk over to a kid and just be like, yo, Hey, why don't you take, why don't you take a break outside for a minute? I'm going to come talk to you in a couple of minutes. Usually, 
and especially when it comes to, well, I guess middle school and high school kids, their brain just doesn't work quite as fast as we would like it to. So if you give them the moments to be like, just think about what they said, like a situation even last year, you know, with a kid who, you know, said something inappropriate. I asked him just to step out and I came out and he was like, yo, Mr. K, that's my bad. I know you've asked me not to say that before. And I said it, so that's my fault. I'm sorry. And that's the, that's then the situation is over. And every kid in the classroom, when they see that that's the way you handle them when they're having a bad day, they don't, ha they don't get combative with you. They don't, they don't go out of your classroom waiting for a fight. They don't, they don't leave your classroom expecting that an argument is about to take place. True. And that's, and that's how you learn across this, this platform. And that's, I mean, and that's something that I have learned through my experience and in direct conjunction with what we've done for, for, uh, the last 300 episodes. So I, what do you think, Will? Next 300 episodes, what do you hope to get out of it? Uh, greater growth, enhanced perspective. Uh, I'm looking to, I really want to bring in more um, educational stakeholders. Um, I want to reach out to to community members, to business leaders, to, to anyone who employs humans, anyone who works with humans, because everybody has, everybody is a stakeholder in education. And I think that if we're, if I'm looking for a direction that I would want the podcast to, to kind of venture into, is to bringing the perspectives of all of these stakeholders together for teachers to hear. Uh, so it's not just a couple of teachers or teachers in the classroom saying these things. This is what the chief of police said. This is a conversation that we had with the chief of surgery from Baylor Medicine, or this is the conversation that we had with, you know what I mean? Like that, that is where you kind of want to, I would see the next 300 going to be able to have an informed group that'll be able to go together. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, and I just feel like the next 300, I just wanna focus on knocking them out one at a time and just making sure um, that we continue to do that and we continue, uh, I mean, I love getting to spend this time with you and I love oh, the work that we've sure. done and, and the, the time that we've spent with others has been super important. So I think we're going to wrap it there for number 300. And we hope that um, this finds you well. And, and this podcast has made a difference for you um, as we go forward, as we've always asked, if you're listening and you're a teacher that wants to share your story, please reach out. We would love to have you. If you know a teacher or a person that you think we should interview, please let us know. Um, we would be happy to do that. We we will take any and all recommendations and connections. Absolutely. Wow, fam. 
Thank you so much for checking out episode 300 of Value Adds Value. We couldn't be more honored to be on this journey with you. And we're humbled that we've made it this far, 300 episodes. Um, and we really love the direction we're going going forward. Um, we really want to get back focused on the original mission of why we started Lighthouse Educator Development. And that was to provide new teachers and early career teachers with the mentoring and the professional de development and the support and the resources they need to find success and stay in the classroom. So um, we had a little plug inside of the episode for a call out to new teachers, early career teachers uh, that would be willing to have a conversation with us for the podcast. We would love to hear from you, get your perspective. So that way we can bring on teachers who can help you with what you need professionals who can provide perspective and we can understand what you're going through and how we can support you. So we love you. We love every single teacher out there. We're so proud to be in this profession with you and we can't wait to see what 2021 holds for all of us and what the next 300 episodes of value adds value bring. So much love to you. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We will be back with our conversation with Mark Rivard on Monday. <laughs>